0: There. This is a Tall Tree Recording Studios podcast and I'm Jeremy Williams. At the moment you're listening to the beautiful sound of Marcus Holden dancing around on his violin. Thanks for listening, hope you enjoy it. This is an interview from his Sydney studio. Hello, Marcus Holdham. Welcome to Tall Tree Recording Studios podcast from Sydney. Hi, mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you going? Oh, well, we're loving technology, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken us half an hour, oh. I, you know, I guess if, we, I guess if we we're 20 years younger, we'd probably do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so Marcus is a, um, uh, one of the violin players that I use. He also plays mandolin. And uh, he's got a beautiful tone, and, and I've been wanting to talk to him for quite a while. So the work that uh, Marcus does for me, he does out of his uh, Sydney studio. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I've got a
1: basically it's uh, it's a converted double garage, as yeah, most studios right.
0: are these days.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So I've known Marcus for two or three years. Um, mm. Angus Woodhead put me on to him. Good old Angus. Who's got a beer wire studio. Yeah, I've, there's been a few different violin players I've used, but the main thing I've found with you, Marcus, is that you've got just fantastic tone and you've um, I, I love your phrasing. I, I, I can tell that you improvise because sometimes it looks like it's it's going to go into a, a heap, but then you just resolve so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Shh, you're giving away trade <laughs> secrets here.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, I, look, I'm a, I'm a uh, I'll just give you a bit of background. I'm a classic, I've been playing since I was eight, so, like, I'm just about to turn 60, so all yeah, that right. stuff you're talking about is experience, I guess, you know? Okay, um, yeah, yeah, cool. And I did 10 years in an orchestra, so I guess, you know, when you talk about tone and things like that, if, you, if you're if you an orchestral player, you actually have to blend. That's one of the big things about being, like, a, a rank-and-file fiddle uh, violin player. But uh, so that's and also I've got, you know, I've got really old violins, you know, I've, I've, the violin I play on all your tracks I've had since I was 15. Yeah, My parents right. bought it for me. Uh, it was 100 years old when they bought it and they got wow. it for like basically nothing. It was a bit of a bequest. So it's a beautiful English instrument, quite bright. But, you know, you get a good mic and things like that and and that will give you a good sound and the rest is up to you
0: it's funny you should say it's bright because it always sounds um as i said there's been different players i've used and i'm obsessed with tone oh okay um and your yours sounds very rich especially if i you know like put some nice reverb plugins. reverb on like, it yeah yeah like it just it just sounds so rich and sweet i just love it yeah well
1: yeah well it's it, look it's that's a you know we could we could we could sort of zoom in on that and i'll just explain a few things firstly um it's it's very hard to get a good old violin you know yeah, i mean the good old yeah. violins are usually they don't i mean i've got lots of violins and some of them work you know they're new and they work and they sound great um some of them are very old and they just work but they still sound old You know, it's an old sound it, it, The woods being old, I think, is, is one of the things But as I said, mine's quite bright You know, compared to some of the other things I've played I've got another violin, it's French Which is nearly 100 years old Which sounds totally different It's nowhere near as strident in the top end So, you know, and, and a lot of So when you say strident, you mean an open top end? Well, it's It just yells at you you know it's like a voice, you know um, some people's voices are really, really strong in the top end and, and not so strong in the bottom end, and that's what okay. this violin is like. Um, and a lot of classical players go, "Oh, yeah," but then <laughs> but, well, but then you put it in front of you know a, a bunch of other violins and it's, and it's bloody loud. and uh, so you know e- each instrument's got its own character, and I guess I'm used to it too, you know been playing it for you know nearly 50 years, so yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: So what are you doing at the moment?
1: You mean recording-wise? Like who are you doing stuff for?
0: Uh, well, I've been working... What am I doing
1: this week? Recording-wise this week, it's a bit of a funny week this week. um, I've got a mate coming around tomorrow. We'll probably do a few more tracks. He's been working on an album for a while. Hopefully we'll get some of that done by Christmas. <clears throat> um, I've just finished an album of uh would you believe i i played a tenor guitar and mandolin and siturn on some <laughs> on on a guitar album which features all these guys like you know uh jeff lang and all that
0: yeah right so you're playing tenor guitar so what is that
1: well it's like a violin it's it's but it's tuned it's like a a mandolin tuned down the octave four strings oh, right yeah yeah, yeah 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 so it's all tuned in fifths
0: okay so basically you're saying your guitar um is a hundred years old from when no. you're a teenager, the violin, yes, is dro- the I violin. Said, "Sorry, your violin." So you're almost sixty. Um, yeah. So 50. it's like 140 odd years old.
1: Yeah, it was made in 1871. I got it in in 1971.
0: Wow, that's so yeah.
1: amazing. Yeah, and it's it's very rare too. It's look, I've played some. I know that this sounds like a bit of a wank, but <laughs> it, but but I've played I played um, Isaac Stern's uh, Strad and his Guarneri and his his bow. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Joshua Bell bought the bow for 150,000 um, bucks. Now most violins have got a two-piece, <laughs> two-piece front and a two-piece back. This particular one's got a one-piece front and a one-piece back. I don't know whether that makes any difference, but it looks bloody nice. And it's not yeah, look, right. it's not worth billions of dollars. You know, it's an English violin that, you know, um, I it'd, it'd be nice if I could get a lot of money for it, but you know why? It's it's such a beautiful violin. And it's mine. You know.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you've got this go-to violin that's 140 odd years old. Is that right? right. Well, I've got four.
1: I've got four violins that are actually pretty good. Uh, stuff I use. I, yeah. I always use the same one.
0: And so when you say my stuff, you mean my clients as well?
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, look, it's, it just seems to be the nicest one. You know, it's the one that I like the most. Um, it, it's the one that, that that kind of the tone it's a bit brash like me <laughs> the yeah,
0: tones, yeah. you know
1: it's it's interesting that it, i mean the french one's nice and i 've got my aunts look i 've got one that was made in seventeen ninety that my aunt gave me yeah you know, yeah and it's it's but it's it's been butchered yeah so you know it's it, uh, what do you do you get a you get a violin
0: so it so it 's been butchered like what do you mean by that
1: uh, oh, it's got twenty six patches on it. It's had a you know,
0: um, like, like patches and repairs. Is that what you mean? Sorry, just of.
1: Yeah, look, I oh, okay. Violins are a weird instrument. Look, just just think of it this way. This is this is a, um, it's it's strange to think of it in a modern te- technological space. But this is this is the the de- the deal about violins. They've they're two carved plates. Uh which are t- tuned slightly differently Okay. Right? now because it tunes slightly differently you get a, a fundamental note which is is uh, a very very low note it's it's frequency modulation it's based on frequency modulation that's okay. the carrier sound and then you get the plates resonating with each other and that that's the voice of the violin now if you start getting tone post patches or something breaks one of the tables changes the sound and that and that particular violin i've got that's 1790 has got 26 patches in it it's been patched 26 times yeah right so it's 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 a bit of a wreck um but it's you know it's a what is it 1790 what's that 230 years old nearly
0: yeah right yeah so with with violins like what i notice about guitars and i'm not really an expert but at round about twenty twenty five years is when they seem to peak. Like, like yeah. whereabouts, like whereabouts is that? It seems to be uh, much longer with violins. Whereabouts is that with violins?
1: Oh well, okay, yeah. That's see. This is a, this is a, this is the 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 dynamics, the the design. You see, because a guitar, all the pressure is on the on the um, on the the table, right? The, if you're talking about mainly steel strings, you know, nothing with a floating bridge. If you've got a floating bridge, okay. What you're doing is you're not putting the pressure on the table. Does that make sense to you? Uh, in terms of guitars. Well, in terms of anything. Like, you know, yeah. there are guitars that have got tail pieces. Right? Okay. They usually to carved top guitars.
0: Yep.
1: Okay, so now after twenty five years, the pressure the amount of pressure on the on the the, the uh, plate of a guitar will eventually it'll explode. It's too much pressure. They don't last that long. Yeah right. So after 25 years, yes, okay, the woods have started to develop quite a lot. But the second thing is that, you know, after 50 years, they start to lose the the elasticity in the in the table because it's too much pressure holding the pins okay. in. Now, if you if you've ever seen any 1930s um, Gibson L5s or things like that, or even earlier things with carved plates and uh, and uh, floating bridges. They don't stuff up. The next stuff up because the next stuff up, but the actual bodies are okay. Right. And that's the trick. So your violin can
0: last hundreds and hundreds of years. So when would you say that the tone peaks? <sighs> well... It's like I say, with guitars, I notice that about 20 years or so, they they just get... They, they get become better. Very me- they become very mellow and beautiful, yeah. but... I wouldn't my knowledge is that from that point on they might you know their peak is over kind of thing. You know like, they like start they'll probably to stay dip. like they'll probably stay kind of pretty nice but yeah. they'll they'll maybe stay a little bit um you know they won't sort of garner into that top end again. And and that's great for me mm-hmm. because if I buy a brand new guitar it means that in my lifetime probably um I'll hear the best out of it, you know. Whereas yeah, with the yeah. violin, you've, you've got to have something already kind of played in quite a bit.
1: Well, this is the big thing. Yeah, look, there, there's all there's a lot of rubbish involved in in um, all this. Basically, a lot of violins uh, are sold, you know. Expensive ones are sold. Same with guitars, you know, because of providence, you know. Like Jimmy, the guitar that Jimi Hendrix burned, you know, it's worth a lot more money, even though it's a piece of you know probably rubbish wood or something like that. But uh, yeah. as far as, far as t- woods are concerned, yes, there is a definite difference, definite um, change. You know, woods dry out. Uh, if you know anything about woods, you'll know that uh, cellular structure, as it dries out, turns more into like a honeycomb. You get, you get your, uh, the, the water, the, the, the moisture content becomes more evenly spread and the material becomes more like a plastic. Okay. And that, that means that it's, it's increasing the sound across the entire piece of wood because the wood is drying out, the, the membranes get harder and more crystalline, and your tone gets stronger. Now, that, that happens for sure. Um, yeah. But like I said, after about 25 years, the pressure of the pins on the bridge and the back of the plate are going to cause some um, corrugations or, or just you know your the the table of your guitar to to buckle a bit and yep. that's going to cause problems with the sound it's going to actually choke the sound eventually yeah but this doesn't happen on violins because violins are in, in equilibrium like mandolins and and, and if you notice this, this is a really interesting thing is that if you notice the end pin on it on a um, on a guitar or anything with a floating bridge, and the neck, you'll find that the neck is below. If you look at it sideways, the end uh, pin on a guitar. So the the pressure, right? You've got these two pressure points, and there's that that the, um, there is the is the um, the strings, which is below the center point of the instrument. So, that the pressure's going inward all the time, like that, as well as downward, like that, and so it's in equilibrium.
0: With the violin, so how many years would you say they tend to peak? Hundreds. <laughs>
1: I, think, I think woods, you know, dry, the woods eventually stuff up. I mean, I think the oldest violin I ever saw was one in Melbourne, which was 1500s, and it looked pretty dead.
0: Okay, so, so the structure, so they. Um, the structure of the wood can't fulfil its purpose uh, at at a certain point, is that right?
1: Yeah, well, you see what happens is that, you know, you varnish the outside of a guitar or an instrument, right? Mm -hmm. The inside's left open to the elements, and what happens to it after 500 years? It actually starts to decay. Mm. So eventually, you know, the structure is getting... It depends, you know, the length of time, but... and, And there's been structures that have lasted thousands of years, but the that it decays. The wood is decaying, so it can be. It depends on the on the piece of wood, really.
0: Okay, so I'm looking for a new like I've got endless money, right? Um, oh, and okay. I'm looking for to buy a new guitar. Uh, sorry, a new violin. Yeah, okay. as in, I'm looking to buy a violin for myself. Yeah. Um, and what age should I? So putting aside money, what age? You saying I aim for hundreds of years for starters?
1: Ah. Oh. No, because I think it starts to be a load of rubbish. You see, it's all—it's there are things that are hundreds of years old that are crap. There are things that are new that are fantastic. There are things that are hundred years of old that are really nice, and there are things that are new that are, you know, crap as well. It's—it's it's personal choice, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay, but but basically, if you buy a new violin, it's not yeah. going to sound that great, is it?
1: Yeah, they can.
0: If someone buys a brand new violin that someone just made uh, yeah. you're saying it still can sound really oh uh,
1: it, it'll take five years you know it five years of belting the, the absolute guts out of it will get it happening
0: yeah right okay yeah if you went to a local maker um it, yeah. he could make he could make something that would be you know an orchestra standard or you oh, know absolutely like class a standard um, yeah and then it would. It would basically be kind of in the zone within five years. Yeah,
1: really, yeah. Because they're using twenty-year-old dried woods anyway.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Got it.
1: You know, and you how have much, to.
0: And how much? Okay. So in that situation, what would I be looking to pay? To you buy know, one. So, uh, you know. So if if I if money's not an object, like, and you know, I want to sort of go around Sydney or Brisbane or whatever. Like, hmm. how much would it cost me?
1: Well, there's some local makers, you know. Um, there's a guy out at Toowoomba that makes violas and stuff, uh, Clark, whatever his name is. Uh, he's charging 16,000 bucks for a, an instrument. Okay. Harry, yeah, okay. Harry in Sydney's charging about eight. John Johnson's yeah, right. charging, you know, eight to ten. The Italian dudes are charging, you know, uh, tw- oh, 15,000 euro. The yeah, Chinese right. are charging anything up to $1,000.
0: Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and if you and get a they...
1: good Chinese one, they're fantastic.
0: Yeah, right. So they're comparable to the Australian ones.
1: Ah, uh, look. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, okay, right. what okay, let's think about the cost of a vi- of of making, manufacturing an instrument. This is where it all gets a little bit stupid and hairy. You get the you get a good some good woods. They're dried for 20 years. Okay. Now, everybody's got that some people have got access to some pretty nice woods and you know there's all this thing about and spruce and you know the the, the grain being perfect you know and, and that can happen you know you something that's that's a slow grown uh you know wood during that's that's you know grown during the ice age where the growth rings are so close together that you know and the, the 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 temperature of the seasons is exactly the same okay so you've got to deal with that so finding the woods is like you know a needle in the haystack. Then you then what what else is it? Well, it's the cost of after the cost of the materials. It's the cost of the labour. Now, you know if we're lucky, we'll get most people will get say thirty-five to fifty bucks an hour in Australia. It's eighty hours to make a violin. What fifty fifty times eighty is what four thousand plus double it eight thousand. You know if you're a master maker 80 dollars an hour 88 is 6400 plus a markup who knows you know chinese yeah. can do it for for 2 dollars an hour
0: have you sourced any chinese violins
1: yeah i have yeah i've got i've got um, <laughs> three and Jesus. i've made i've designed ones for students I, all my, all my electric imp- instruments all my amplified instruments are chinese
0: yeah fair enough you know,
1: i've got a, a five string that I've just sort of bugged up, and I've got a, a viola tuned to a cello, and I've got a four-string that I've bugged up, and you know, I've some of my students have got Chinese violins, and some of them are bloody fantastic. Some of them are okay, you know, they're no better than worse. Than, and is
0: that partly a, um, uh, you know, insurance policy? Like when you gig in, you know, you want to be a bit protective. You, uh, you know, so, sorry. so in other words, you're not going to take your Yeah, beautiful studio one to a gig that someone might break or something might happen. Well, yeah, that's... that part of the
1: issue? Yeah, that's part of it. But look, I've got a mate who I sold a violin to that, uh, you know, was made in 1822 and he uses it on the gig and he's wrecked it. Well, it's unfortunate, you know, he shouldn't have done it. It's a nice violin, I shouldn't have sold it to him. But, um, well, you know, like if it's an acoustic gig, I'm going to take my good violin because I like playing it.
0: Okay, so, like, basically, I, I want to be the next Marcus Holden, right?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> and so you've said to me that um, eight grand could buy me a kick-ass violin. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and for gigs, I could, you know, get a $1,000 Chinese one. Yeah, that's right. So, even
1: cheaper, 500 yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> so, basically, I, you know, I want your tone and fluency over the instrument. Uh, you've, got great, <laughs> you've got great intonation. Um, and you're a very instinctive player. And also, yeah. you got beautiful feel too. Well, yeah, it wasn't always like that. So, so how did you um, like start? You know, like so. So you you were saying you started in your teens, is that right?
1: I started when I was eight. Um, I did classical violin with a teacher called Josette Escadan, who's a French teacher who um, who was pretty ratty, and she's still alive. She's a bit of a tyrant. Um, and, uh, by the time I was about 15, uh, I was starting to listen to a lot of rock and roll bands. I mean, cause when you think about it, the late sixties, early seventies is when a lot of music changed, you know, people like, um, see, I was, you know, interested in the Rolling Stones and, uh, the blues sort of things. So I listened, like I said, I listened to a lot of Hendrix Zappa. So by the time I was 15 and 16, I was playing in rock and roll bands and, Moving on to doing sort of uh, contemporary, sort of jazz, rocky things, John McLaughlin, Jean Luc all that sort of stuff, and uh, so I, but I, yeah, I was always an instinctive player. I I, lo- I love the blues. I love playing the blues, and blues is all about feel. You know, you've got to have that, like, uh, you know. And I used to listen to to fiddle players that played like harmonica players. Yeah, and, right.
0: Uh, yeah, it's funny you should you know, say that right. because I've never heard you. Maybe it's just the, the mute. Maybe it's just the work that I send you, but I've never heard you sound bluesy ever uh, in what it's come back to me from... Well... Uh, you know, like, I've sent you quite a lot of country and... Uh, yeah, mainly country, yeah. And yeah. pop and stuff, so... Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the violins, you know, like, I mean, I, I guess what it is is that, Um. you know, I, I became a, a utilitarian player. Yes. Very yeah. early on, you know. I mean, I, I after I... Uh, I mean, I did play in country bands and, you know, things like that a lot. But yeah. what happened was that I, when I went, when I came to Sydney, you know, like I was studying at the con, doing yeah. the jazz course at the con. So I was studying bebop and all that sort of, you know, stuff. And, uh, you know, I started getting sessions. I, I mean, I did a shitload of sessions. And basically what, <laughs> they wanted, what they wanted was kind of the sort of stuff that I'm still playing today, which is fairly straight ahead, you know, that sort of stuff uh, I guess you know I did so many country sessions that that's where I got pigeonholed for a long time really um,
0: yeah. yeah and I suppose that's the nature more the nature of the instrument as opposed well, to well it's
1: what people want to hear yeah, on, on a country as, album as a yeah well and also you know when you look at, at the sort of work that's there you know I mean it's it's changed a lot now but you know when I was starting out it, Sidemen were always just you know backing singers you know <laughs> I was just the, like the the backing player in a band that played plays behind singers you know and and that's still the role in a lot of respects. yeah um, right i mean you know that's what that's what that role is i mean there is a million there are a million fiddle players out there now which and all of them are different yeah And right. a lot of them play you know varyingly similar or you know different to me i mean i the thing is though that i like i'm you know, like for sun, for example, Sundays is like my Irish gig. So all I do is play the bejesus out of the Irish tunes with a mate of mine who's, um, you know, dad's a, a, a jazz player and his mum's a, a Celtic fiddle player. So he's he's got a similar sort of you know grasp of all these things. I I don't go outside the mould much. I mean, I could play you some stuff that's t- totally different to the stuff you hear. You know, yeah, um, you know.
0: I'll get on to... um. We'll get on to that soon, but... um. Sure. So, basically, in an average week, um, you teach a bit, you do do some gigs, and you do the odd bit of session work. Would that be right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm doing... You know, I'll get two two sessions a week. I'll get um, two half days of teaching, and I'll get anything up to, like, three, four gigs. Yeah. Maybe
0: five. I did six a couple of weeks ago, which is wow. good. Like, I've got two this week. So, what's... What's it like being a professional musician in Sydney? Like has the, has the industry changed from your perspective? Oh, it,
1: it, yes, a lot. Um, it's funny, you know, like I, I've been at it for a long time. It, look, it, it it it's always gone in waves. Yeah. And it used to be, you know, like it was a bit like the property market. It used to be really, <laughs> pre- to be really predictable. Well, I, you know, like I, when I first started off, the first thing I, I mean, I know this is kind of a, straying a bit but it's it's all part of the same thing
0: mm.
1: you know one of my mates said to me you better buy a house yeah 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 you know and so the first thing i bought a house in 1988 i know,
0: you know and, and, and 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 the reason i laugh is because i'm aware that you know like you've got a property in sydney and you're a musician so you know i it, know oh, it, it's, it's, pre- it's pretty good from that point of view and, and, plus, oh, you, yeah, and well, plus you got a studio there
1: yeah well you know and i basically i paid it off too to tell you the truth but that's yeah a that's great story um look honestly it, oh, I, I was I was probably most active gig wise when at, at at the sort of the heyday of everything, you know, like Sydney had a, a huge pub scene in the in the eighties and nineties. You know, yeah, it was yeah, enormous. Okay. And you know, the Irish scene was happening. Yeah, the yeah. The bush okay. scene was happening. I was playing in lots of country bands, lots of bush bands, lots of Irish bands. You know, I do did a lot of stuff with Jimmy Barnes and Mark Lazotte. Um, you know, I was writing for things. Uh, it was, you know, the the commercials commercials were going great. Everything was going fantastic. You know, it's slowly, the more and more people became involved in the industry, and it changed a bit.
0: So, when you say commercials, are you doing jingles?
1: Jingles and things, films. You know, I did a lot of kind of Sports. well-known films. Um, yeah, and and you know, like lots of albums. I mean, I've I've don't know how many CDs I've done. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well over seven or eight hundred, I think. I I can't even you know keep counting. In terms uh, of kept, played on, played on, yeah, or produced, yep. or engineered, you know, or or just done a session for something, you know, some fairly big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point was that that when the global financial crisis hit, everything changed. Um, you know, I I think that that was the big, the big hit that changed. I mean, first off, we were having troubles. You know. The, the, all the gigs dried up in Sydney. I mean, you know, it was, it was pretty, it's been a pretty sad state. Like, even now.
0: So, in 2008, you're saying?
1: Yeah. Well, even now, you know, people don't, you know, like people I know that are touring from overseas say things like, oh, we don't have any gigs in Sydney. Or we've got one gig in Sydney. Sydney is the biggest city in Australia. It's got four and a half million people and it's got no gigs. Wow. I mean, it's got better, but it's really.
0: It's not the way it used to be not the way at all you know it's so you're saying it was great 80s and 90s yeah so when did it start to decline and it's interesting you say the uh the irish stuff in gypsy because i think that was pretty similar in brisbane because i remember yeah. the, the guy I used to gig with we did all this irish crap <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah um yeah it's funny so yeah
1: no the, the, the pubs but see the pubs got there's a thing what happened is that the pubs got the poker machines and that that really that was a bit of a death knell yeah I okay. think. um you know because new south wales has got more poker machines than any other state and they all went into the pubs so we, they didn't need bands anymore you know they were making stacks of money from poker machines rather than than employing live bands yeah right. and uh and the other thing that really stuffed it is that the licensing laws you couldn't really put a band on Without an entertainment license.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: And that really wrecked everything. That was
0: terrible. So, when did the pub, like, because I remember the pokies oh, being around not, for quite a while. Like, because like, I remember yeah. when I was gigging in 93, um, yeah. and the pokies came into RSLs. Um, yeah, that was the RSLs. Yeah. But like, they came into the pubs much later. Exactly. Yeah. So, so do you know when that was? Oh, I can't remember.
1: Okay. It did make a difference, you know. And then there was the smoke. They stopped. They banned smoking in pubs as well. Right, Not right. That, that made a big difference. But the big thing, it was kind of was like, the the straw that broke the camel's back is is the global financial crisis just killed all the um, things like the corporate sector. Okay. In Sydney,
0: you said it was great eighties and nineties. So would you say there was a general decline from nineties to two
1: thousand and eight? No, no, no. See, two thousand was the Olympics. No, it it, it kept on going. It okay. was pretty good till about two thousand five. It just it, there, was, there was so many things, so much pressure. Okay.
0: And then suddenly it just, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. So in other words, it was already on a bit of a decline, but then the yeah. global financial crisis um, really yeah. stuffed it. Yeah, really, really
1: wrecked it. I mean, I, I think that was the, you know, the big thing. It really made a difference. Yeah. I noticed because my income dropped, you know, like yeah. a
0: lot. Uh, okay. So you got less gigs and did you get less pay per gig? Yeah, well, this is the big thing now.
1: What what happened as well? This is another odd situation. Is that there was a couple of years where it was just it was just diabolical, <laughs> and, and and diabolical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but then, then what happened is um, Virginia Judge, who was the local our local member, okay, also the the minister for arts in the um, the last Labor government, and also, funnily enough, an ex student of my mum's yeah, and right. a singer put in this thing where basically you didn't need an entertainment license to have music in in a venue mm. less than a hundred people okay now that was a great thing and uh, but the, the problem was that it, by that stage instead of getting a hundred and fifty bucks a gig or you know a hundred bucks a gig you know people are doing gigs for 50 bucks a night Jesus yeah and that's sort of that's kind of still happened a lot there are lots of venues around Sydney where you can get a gig. But you'll get fifty bucks to play there.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, so so that musicians' wages has have basically dropped. They've gone backwards. You know, I was getting fifty bucks a gig in nineteen seventy <laughs> uh,
0: it's nineteen eighty one, you know. And to you know, for someone of your amazing quality, that is so repugnantly insulting.
1: Well, you can either be insulted by it or it <laughs> well I'm it. insulted no, on behalf of you <laughs> oh, I don't I don't even think of it like that I just say you know this is this is what happens
0: yeah I know but you know but like if you're if you're a surgeon with that finesse like you know <laughs> oh, yeah, but,
1: yeah but but surgery is not music you know music's mm. been the other thing is that the, the globalization of music has is, is had a huge impact on the local market you know I mean I I, I put you know like there's the voice and and X Factor and all that crap, you know, certainly caused um, you know a a a shift in people's perception. Okay. I mean, there's all the there's the erosion of like someone said it beautifully to me once, and you know that was like when I was growing up, people were really hanging out for the latest, you know, Rolling Stones record. You know, I mean that the the, the significance the cultural and social significance of music was huge in in in, uh you know modern culture nowadays it's the latest app
0: yeah I know okay okay well well, that's quite interesting i guess there's an explosion of entertainment so you know there's just so many more options
1: there's too many musicians you know you can you can look up youtube and see you know the the best you know gypsy jazz player guitarist on the planet you know playing in someone's kitchen and go, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah and, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's pretty incredible. I've given up gypsy uh, guitar. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. But it does, it, it impacts on everybody's lives. But it yeah. also, it's also a bit, you know, like people, you know, I guess what people forget is how much time it takes to actually get good at anything. Um, you know,
0: we're... Yeah, I know, I, we're, look, look, I think also... I would think there's always going to be a market for someone who plays with soul i mean it doesn't matter what genre um yeah like like an app on the phone is not going to sort of quench your soul to the same degree i would think
1: no no well there's some interesting stuff going on i mean apparently broadway's had the biggest year it's ever had which you know people like spectacle you know people like big concerts you know that it's all
0: yeah i suppose the spectacles bringing in social aspects and been, yeah, well, being you know, seen and stuff
1: footy games you know I mean it's the problem yeah. is that you know footy games are, are on the same social standard as, as, a, as a rock concert
0: so basically in 2008 um, well that was the that's when the shit hit the fan I yeah. think really okay so you started getting less per gig and you started getting yeah. less gigs is that right
1: yeah yeah basically um, and did yeah, that was,
0: did that flow over into the audio world a bit into, in the recording world
1: well, the recording world had changed anyway, really. With the digitization yeah, of you know, yeah. like of recording. I mean, you know, like I've I I I've got a mate who's who's buying lots of um analogue tape gear at the moment and you know, like I remember when the first Mitsubishi or Sony um sixteen track digital came in, you know, and it was worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you know, yeah, for a yeah. sixteen track digital machine. At Alberts, you know, which I, I've played done a lot of work at Alberts over the years. Um but you know, suddenly uh, people started, you know, copying CDs, and of course, everything became free around the same time. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a couple of other things that happened. Like you know, like I've got a my, my I mean, this is a bit of a, a sideways thing, but sideways. But my father was a computer pioneer in Australia. He worked on the first computer in Australia and built the first data network in 1972, right. which was the second second data network in the world. And so I've been around computers for millions and, you know, since I was four, you know. Um, now, one of the things that happened is around 2008, the, the stock market started using um, uh, Mandelbrot set and um, chaos theory algorithms to start running stock exchanges. And it just completely changed the, the whole psyche of not only of society and including the musicians, it it impacted on everybody, and the musicians were the ones we'd already had a a digitised global, um you know globalisation, you know with our music, and and you know again it was another thing that just sort of added added to this huge upheaval in the the, the listening fabric. I think you know yeah. the listening everything you know everybody's everybody's habits changed. We stopped listening to. Records. We started streaming, downloading, blah. You know, it took a while for the audiences to come back. You know, it's working. It's. I think it's better now than it was then, for sure. Hey,
0: in just terms of schism. recording or gigs?
1: Well, in terms of gigs, I think. There's more gigs. Oh, okay. Now. So
0: it has come back a bit?
1: Yeah, but less money.
0: <laughs> Far yeah, right. less money. So can a musician in Sydney do okay or... Or it's just, or if you hadn't have jumped into the property market early, like basically you may not have gone down this track.
1: I uh, oh no, well, let's. If I hadn't have jumped into the property property market early, I wouldn't have been where I am now. And I mean, the other thing to to point out is that, you know, like, and I, and I I notice this is that you know like, a a, prop, a a, rents in Sydney are still reasonably cheap for the cost of the properties, you know, oh. for the for the, for the value of the property I have, I would be getting. Two point five percent, two percent return on it, whereas yep. properties elsewhere are getting four to five percent on their property. So rents in Sydney are very, are quite cheap compared to the value it's of properties.
0: Still, a lot of money though. It it screws everybody up. Yeah, it completely screws everybody up. But okay, these days, like say, if you're coming out of uni, you know, like your main instrument was violin. Yeah. Can you make a good living as a violin player?
1: Yeah, of course. You live in a you live in a flat somewhere, and yeah, you know, you teach a couple of days a week. People have been doing the same thing for years. The the, the periphery changed. You know the 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 fiddle. You know, like classical music will always have you know orchestras funded by by you know public funding. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the SSO and the AOBO and the the ACO and the you know whatever the other one is. The you know I don't know any other orchestras. The Brandenburg. I mean, there's four orchestras in Sydney that are that are professional, full-time professionals, um, and they're all they're all funded by public funding and and government funding.
0: So okay, so basically, um, I've got my eight thousand dollar violin. Um, I've yep. got I've got my thousand uh, dollar, you know. So that's from a yep. uh, eight thousand from a local maker. I've got my thousand yep. dollar Chinese one, um, yep. and if I practice my ass off, you're saying I I could earn a average to slightly above average wage as a gigging musician in Sydney, as long as I'm good? Uh, yeah.
1: Well, you've got to be good and smart and yeah. teach and do everything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so if I was good and smart, I might earn an average income? Yeah. 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 Learn to
1: service your own car.
0: You know, like <laughs> average income's like 75 grand or something.
1: Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Sorry, I swore. You're kidding me. I don't
0: is know, no, I, like, I, like I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just. No, I'm, I'm, I reckon, I reckon the I'm ceiling is you. about f-
1: sixty. The ceiling is 60. if you get if you're earning seventy. Um, oh look, maybe maybe not, but you know anyone who gets towards seventy seventy five has to start paying GST, so no one earns that. But some of the look, the rank and file players will get seventy. But you know, I mean, it's still you know, that's a lot of
0: work. But that's seventy for everything.
1: Yeah. yeah well, c- they might make a bit more. I, look. It's hard to because, say Because
0: I mean in um Sydney seventy grand's gonna get you nowhere, you know, like because basically like I mean, you just pay the rent and you know you're back at square one.
1: Sure. Well it's it's your debt level. Yeah. It's the trick is is your debt level. So you know?
0: so in other words, if you hadn't jumped into the market early, you'd be really like you'd have no assets, you'd be struggling.
1: Yeah. Oh, like, uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, right. It's hard to know. I mean, you know, like there's a point in time where you know, God, we're talking. We're not talking about music, but it is true.
0: But you know, like it's good to know this, like to have the realistic picture, because sure, to me, I see you as the, you know, like you're an amazing player, and so if if someone, if you were starting out now, and someone of your ability would struggle, to me, that means the industry is really in trouble.
1: Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Well, it's it is and it isn't. I mean, things have changed. I'm still, I'm, I'm now old school. You know, I don't necessarily see things as with a young person's eyes. You know. Yeah. And I think young people have different ways of, of um going around things.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's good to know the pragmatics of that. Okay, so if I get really yeah. great at this and assuming I don't get famous, if I'm really lucky, I can almost get to an average income of sixty, seventy
1: thousand. Yeah, well that's that that's that's not changed. That's about the same as what I thought. You know, I, I just thought it's much smarter to be a, a you know to to play good and for people to know you by reputation rather than by fame yeah um it's much it's much better it's good to have a little bit of reputation and you know whatever it is but in the final analysis it's better to have a, a, a solid income income's got nothing to do with music you know and really income is just what you earn you know for your labor and and you have to negotiate that as like you know Like you're you're negotiating you know, we're we're a small business. Mm. It's all about smartness, being smart.
0: But if I'm but if I'm coming out of uni now, I need to know the realities of the situation though, don't I? Yeah. Um I
1: you know, I I spent years, you know, driving I'd drive along the roadside and I'd see something on the side of the road that, you know, oh shit, I might use that. You know, when I was building the studio, I was building it out of second hand material, you know, lots of friends of mine who are who are now my age that have property, that have, you know, scrounged material, building materials and scrounged stuff, you know, off the side of the road, you know, oh, that looks good.
0: Yeah, right. You know,
1: and I mean, I still do it, <laughs> I still do it out of habit, you know, like. Okay. You know. Okay.
0: So, um, okay. So, assume- guys- okay, so assuming- yeah, okay. So, assuming that I'm okay with that uh, very average income. Uh, yeah. and I still want to be like Marcus Holden. So, do you? So, so what's my practice regime like? Like, are you oh. are you a big practiser, or like, or do you, yeah. just, or, or do you just get by with basically the the volume of work and teaching you do?
1: Okay, um, it's 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 never practice is never an easy thing. I try and get get practice in um, doing various stuff. Um, I'm basically because I'm. I'm learning. I'm still learning. I'm practicing a lot more piano, tenor guitar, and dobro than I am violin. Okay. Um, And
0: so, how much how much time would you spend practicing a day at the moment?
1: It well, it depends. You know, like last week I was doing two hours a day. Jesus. This week I've this week I'm doing nothing because I'm doing so much writing. I've been writing charts and scores and. Okay.
0: So when you say writing charts, you know, as part of your session work
1: well no i've i've been this is for a, a new thing i'm starting up a fiddle group with um, a whole heap of young you know students so i've written about 30 arrangements of fiddle tunes and put them into the dropbox and all. That. oh my god but i've also been i've also been working on a an orchestral score again i'm sort of writing bits and you know doing you know i've got a few projects of my own that i'm working on so you know this week this week has not been much practice really
0: so let's say like I'm not as ambitious about my versatility. I just want to focus on violin. Well, two hours a day. Two hours a day, yeah. Oh, more. Look, you know, you, you you know. So for that two hours a day, what am I going to do? Like, how's that going to look? Oh, okay.
1: Well, it depends on. Look, you know, it depends on what you want to learn. It, it's it, the violin's a, an interesting instrument in itself, in in that there are there are many many ways of approaching it. Obviously, just intonation and and tone and you know bowing and and fluidity is in itself you know something that just you just need to repeat get smoother at understand you know think of it like a voice sing what you're playing all that sort of shit that's just that's just the basis of you know and and minimizing movement a lot of what what I teach with uh, the violin is about minimizing making being as efficient as possible on the instrument so that you know you can actually connect to the instrument without feeling any tension in your hands so that's that's like a
0: mechanical efficiency you mean
1: well mechanical efficiency is a very good way of putting it yeah Yeah, okay biomechanical efficiency you know one of my students is studying biomechanics and uh, you know it's a big it's a big thing with the violin um, because you can really screw yourself up very quickly and you have to get that together
0: okay so you and I having lessons and um, you notice that I'm really tense
1: yeah, I have to sort yeah, out something. I have to say to you something like, "Look, you know, your
0: your thumb is pushing too hard." You know. So let's say my technique on paper looks right, but I'm just intimidated by playing in front of Marcus Holden. Oh well, it's yeah, it's <laughs> <going> to... <laughs> that's too. that happens to all of us. I think. <laughs> uh, and so, like, from your perspective, like, how do you how do you help someone get around that? Because I've got big ambitions to follow in your footsteps. Ooh.
1: God, I don't know. I I have. St- I have strife with that myself i just think that you have to kind of do it enough times to feel like you you know there's no point to being. it's a psychological thing that yeah
0: okay so just just i I just got to just keep repeating 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 and uh, eventually the arousal wears wears off
1: well the thing is you need to understand why you're getting freaked out about it it's a psychological thing and then there's triggers and i mean it's happened to me don't worry i mean because i have
0: ambition awful i've got ambition
1: well, if you've got ambition, then you'll find a way around it. That's a psychological, you know.
0: Okay, so if I that, just keep repeating it, I eventually just wear it.
1: I, I think I think experience is really huge. You know, I've, I, I've done some gigs where I've been really nervous, you know, and it's been awful. It's been tricky.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just, uh, and
1: it can happen any time. You know, you just get you, you get with a group of people that you're not comfortable with or you get in front of an audience and something goes wrong. You know, I, I had some problems with... Um, Sort of labyrinthitis for a while. I was getting dizzy spells on the stage. It was terrible. That was a blood pressure thing. But I, I think I got over that. Yeah. Uh, is that low um,
0: blood, blood pressure? Or?
1: No, high blood pressure. Okay. No, it was, it, it, was, it was a bit weird. I had a low-grade infection. Oh, in my, yep. You know. Yep,
0: makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, Well, not cool, but... Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't good. <laughs> okay, I mean, but it was
0: just a temporary situation.
1: Well, hopefully, yeah. I don't seem to get it these, that much these days. It's just, yeah, Oh, you know, shit, I'm nearly 60. If I was forty, I wouldn't notice it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, as far as far as teaching, as far as learning stuff, you know, um, there's there's you know you, you you want to decide what you want to do. I mean, a lot of f- fiddle players I, I find get stuck in one thing, and they don't necessarily want to expand from where they are because it's it's a very hard instrument, and it's very easy to be comfortable, it to stay comfortable, you know, yeah. like. Challenging yourself with a different style or technique is, is um, you know, pretty confronting on the violin, I reckon. So, you know, like improvising and things like that, playing, you know, jazz standards, um, playing Irish tunes with all the ornamentation, playing proper bluegrass technique. Yeah. You know, they're all slightly
0: different. Um, so, so a recent track um, you sent, Two versions, and the first one just touched my soul amazingly. Um, yeah. And the second one, nowhere near as much. It's still technically as fine, but it's amazing the difference of feel. Yeah, uh, right. and I think the first one you just totally wung it, if if wung, right. it, if wung it is a word. Yep. Um, yeah, so, so what so what's happening there? Like, do you know why? Um, uh, is just, that just one of those? Uh, yeah. sort of things of, of God and nature and just sometimes it comes yeah. and sometimes it doesn't? Is that...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes and goes in things. You know, I mean, I usually the first take is the best one. Yeah. You know.
0: How are you able... So if you have a job and you really need to get yourself into the zone and you know that, okay, there's that feeling that will come through, is there a way that you can make that happen or is it just sort of... Or is it just oh, a, a chance thing? Look... um,
1: I've... Uh, I think if you if you're a real professional, you can
0: turn it on, you know. Yeah. Okay. So for you, how do you do that? Oh, I, well, I just... Well, I don't
1: know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, is there an imperative? You know, if there's a if there's a, a financial imperative, <laughs> I have no idea. That's a really tricky question, and I, I don't really know how
0: to answer it, except that because in this song, it was like night and day. I mean, don't yeah, get me right. wrong. The second version, I if I hadn't heard the first one, I, yeah. I would still think it was nice and. There's no issues with pitch or timing or anything, but yeah, it's yeah. just like there's something about the feeling of that first one. Just well, like, wow, I think just, if I, you know.
1: I, I think if I remember rightly, I did the first one. I did the second one because I went, oh look, I better give you a backup, not because of any other reason. You know, like I think I nailed it anyway in the first one. And I yeah, think yeah, I know. I'm it.
0: pretty sure you changed um preamps. Oh yeah, right, and, yeah. Um, you used um... oh, I used the Behringer. I know, and you know, like That's I was, right. uh, you know, I, I was That's kind right. of not even wanting to mention that, but yeah, like it's it's yeah. amazing, but it, I can't remember if the Behringer sounded great. The Behringer, yeah, the Behringer, the Behringer was the first one. That was the <laughs> one <laughs> Classic. That I... So, so yeah, yeah. Um, for those people who don't know, Behringer's um, sort of supposed to be a, a crappy tone, um, yeah. But yeah, you know, like I always go on sound and. And yeah. for whatever reason, may have been the mics and all the everything else in the chain, but um, there was marginal difference in tone, but the playing was just like night and day in terms of the difference. Sure. Yeah. No. I just
1: well, I just did it. You know.
0: I mean, look. Ah,
1: uh, it's it, it. There's a there's a kind of a through through compo- compositional concept. Yes. If that makes any. It's making it up on the spot, composing on the spot. Yeah right um and uh you can capture a moment just by capturing a moment you can capture it by just being there i i I work with players that do that a lot I i work with players that that's their that's the reason why they get gigs is because they're able to actually create something in the moment at that point in time, yeah. the difficulty I find is when I'm list having done a lot of recording is listening to people, and 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 being, well, I don't know, so, somewhat disappointed sometimes with you know technical problems because, you know, I, I can I can hear it all. I mean, I'm not look, it's it's experience. I'm not the greatest musician. It's just a lot of experience. Um, you know, you just feel it. I just it's it's a it's a Intuitive
0: thing. And are, you I mean, consci- I- and are you conscious of what the artist is trying to put across? So different stuff I've sent you, is it more at the back of your mind what I or one, uh, of, or no, one of my no, clients really. is, is raving on about?
1: Uh, look, I'm, I'm definitely a a, a a reactionary player. I react to whatever the space I'm in. A lot of the, the logic that I employee in teaching and practicing and it just goes out the window when i'm playing it's a different area of my brain it's look you know it's it's i I, and i'd explain this to my students that you know like you can just once you start to get a handle on the instrument it it can be the most amazing thing because you can just forget what you're doing you know you could just it's just you're in the moment and that's the the best thing about music you can't take that a no one can take that away from you. Just playing and just being there, you know. Um, even if it doesn't land on tape, um,
0: it's it's still that moment. So let's say I'm struggling to get a like. Technically, it's happening, um, but yeah. I'm struggling to get that connection. Um, and I'm a student of yours. Like, how do you how do you well, help? Like, how do you help me get that? Of that, there's been. Gigs organized, has been recording bookings, but I'm finding it hard to get that feeling across.
1: Uh, well, yeah. Uh, the first thing is that it, it, that just may be, you know, you just need to practice more. Just keep going, keep going. Keep going. You know, you, you'll, you'll eventually get but there. But
0: say I'm one of these people, like, I'm a disciplinarian. Uh, I've got the technique down. Well, that's that's, but, that's the problem. <laughs> there but, is the problem. <laughs> but but maybe, but I mean, maybe I'm not even aware of it, but you can hear in me... That I lack a bit of soul, like so. So, how do you teach oh, oh, me that? Well, okay, well, it's probably
1: you're not aware of it. You see, you, you're you're actually mixing up two different things there. You see, if you if you, you know, you're ambitious and you're keen enough, and you know, you still sound like a, a bloody robot, then it's because you haven't really understood that, that, that music is is uh, like a, an emotional conversation. Yeah. and that's what that's what you're doing you you, you you're having a conversation with your other with fellow musicians and acting out a kind of a play in front of an audience where you, your your job is to actually get some sort of emotional reaction from the audience now it doesn't matter how you do it but that's the important thing the rest of it is just garbage the rest of it is just notes and you know
0: so that being the case though how do you and let's say like Um, you perceive that as the key, um, but I don't pick it up, but I I might be missing some gigs or recording contracts. How do you explain to me uh, or teach me, Jeremy, you've got no soul with your playing? (laughs) Jeremy, you've got no soul. (laughs) Well, you know, some people just never get it. Some people do and some people don't. But I mean, like you're my coach, so it's up to you to... To try well, to...
1: yeah, okay, I mean, basically it's up to you, not to me. It's like, you know, well, if you're if you're missing the point of this, then why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, why are you actually playing music in the first place is the question.
0: When you're in that situation, what's your decision? You just let me ride out that journey or, or what? Uh,
1: what, you mean me as a teacher?
0: So you notice that technically everything's happening, um, but I just like a bit of song. Uh,
1: I, I, I doubt with a technique thing, Everything would be happening if you if you weren't able to to be um, kind of uh, in 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 the moment. You see that there's it's it it always is a technical problem. It's always a problem with breathing. Look, there's ways of doing it. I'll explain. It's pretty okay. simple. All right. First off, you you can't play the instrument without breathing properly. Okay. You can't you can't you have to actually treat it like it's either a a voice. Or the accordion. It's it's a bit like the accordion in you've got your bellows. Your left and right arms, are you're, you're pumping air, using your bow. You, and the second thing is to start walking around the room and start creating, working the rhythm in your feet. You know, you walk around, you dance. I mean, I don't dance, I'm shit. But <laughs> you dance. You walk around the room and you step to whatever you're playing. Okay. And that creates a sense of rhythm and it, and it gets you out of, the, out of the static nature of the technique that you've developed, which is causing yeah, you Yeah, right, no okay,
0: so if I'm standing still, this could actually st- hamper my uh, ability to get some soul going. If you try, try it on guitar, mate, seriously,
1: try playing guitar, walking around the room in time. It'll get your head into a different space so fast, you won't know what hits you. So you're
0: saying it, movement helps with uh, connecting movement to movement
1: and movement and breathing. You know, I did yoga for many many years. Yoga's the the thing that 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 space, that breathing space in playing.
0: So what happens with the breathing?
1: Well, you just develop it. You develop it like you're you know you're you're opening and closing your lungs. You you using your diaphragm like a singer. You you're pumping air. You're getting... And you're developing sound. You develop sound on the instrument. When you're, like
0: consci- when you're improvising over something, so say the student's improvising over a piece, do yeah, you get them to they're... consciously focus on their breathing? Yes. Yeah, right. And is that something you still do now, or is it just automatic? Yes.
1: Well, it's both. You there? Yeah, so yeah, it's that, both.
0: That, that's quite interesting. So a way to maybe... So let's say I was struggling to get soul. A way to maybe unlock that could be just to start... Conscious breathing as I'm improvising. Yep. yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Singing while you're singing what you're playing with inhale and exhale.
1: Well, you know, if you you have to take a breath, if you if you're pl- if you're singing everything you're playing, you have to take breaths. Yeah. Otherwise you, yeah. You'll okay.
0: Die. Given that it's a recording, the sound is like, well, there's you, no more sound than just the breathing sound. It's just so you hear well, the, you, you hear the pitch in your in your head. And just the only thing audible is that uh, inhale and exhale. Is that
1: right? Uh, you possibly. You know, you, you try not to do that either. Oh, look, it's it, it. you've got to practice these techniques. You know, Yehudi Menuhin used to do it all the time. He was amazing, you know. Iyengar Yoga. The, Iyengar's the, the guy that was his guru. And, I mean, he, he was a bit silly with it. But um, definitely just the conscious r- relaxation. You know, like, you've got to basically be... It's it's like you you're detached from the physical, your own physicality yeah right and
0: and, and and so have you used this stuff sometimes to get you back in the zone yourself like let's say you felt a bit soulless or stagnant or you just couldn't pick up the vibe or maybe you're nervous did you consciously move, yeah well yeah, like, like yeah. move more it, or breathe more
1: yeah it doesn't always work but yes yeah, yeah. it helps
0: and yeah. and why doesn't it always work automatically
1: Oh, uh, because you know, if you if you're getting kind of panicky, you know, like if you've got a big concert, there's a lot of adre- adrenaline going on. Yeah, sometimes, know, sometimes it's sometimes
0: just it's hard pretty, to override it. It's, oh, <laughs> adrenaline's a very strong drug. I know it is, isn't it? It's amazing, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Speaking of adrenaline suppression, do you drink much when you play? Uh, like, are you a drinker at all? Oh, or? look, you can't you can't drink too much.
1: You know, I mean, I can get I can get away with about two pints. Two and a, one and a half pints, and then it's starting to, uh, you know, affect my playing. It depends on the situation. Yeah. Sometimes I won't drink at all. You know, you can't because it's too. Sometimes you can. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you get so wound up that you have to drink after you've finished just to slow down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you know, alcohol is, alcohol's got a lot of sugar in it. It gives you more of a rush really quickly, and then it, then it slows you down. So, you know, I mean, it depends on the circumstances. And
0: what about in the studio? Like, do you like to consume anything in the studio? Like, drink nah. alcohol or coffee or tea or anything?
1: Oh, tea's good. Tea's always good. Yeah. You know, no, the studio's, it's, nah, it's too hard in the studio. It's too, <laughs> you know, like the vibe of a gig, you know, if it's a pub gig, then, you know, it's, it, you know the rest of the audience is drinking, so you might as well get into that thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, the studio, no, man, it's hard. Studio. you've got to, you've got to be, you know, it's, it's, uh, you've really got to be kind of, you know, zoned in, not zoned out.
0: Oh, Okay, you know? so you, you feel like it'll take the edge off. Um, your...
1: I, I've seen it happen to myself. I did a session once, which was a classic. I was playing in an easy key, and then we went up a semitone. And I had about two sips of beer, and it was my, my intonation just went. <laughs> just changed just changed my my state of mind, you know, and it's like, oh, that's not
0: good. Interesting.
1: Yeah, oh there's very, you know, you've got to know yourself. You've actually got to know what you're capable of. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess it that's experience as well.
0: Yeah, it's funny um maybe it's my sloppy standards but the only thing I've noticed drinking is that if I play chess, I I can't play optimal, but I I feel like I can sing right. and um play guitar better. Y- y- you know, well, a yeah. few drinks seems totally fine and uh, Just if to anything Probably better, but
1: yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It happens. Well, it's a you know, it's a it's a, a it's a um, depressant, but it does give you a sugar hit. Depends on what you you know. If you drink rum, there's a lot of sugar in rum. Yeah. If you drink wine, white wine, there's a lot of sugar in white wine. Um, but there's not so much in beer. You know, so beer doesn't really give you as much of a of a sugar hit as as you know wine or or
0: spirits will. So in the studio, you feel like it's 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 too. Um, delicate and refined a situation to drink uh, it
1: anything? Depends on, I mean, if I'm, if I'm recording, yes. If I'm mixing, it depends, you know. If I'm trying to create, it also depends as well. I think that there's a, you know, like one of the things I've discovered that I find very, very tricky that, that but works is that I'll do things in, in like bursts of 20 to 35 minutes, you know. Sometimes I'll only practice the piano for 20 minutes, but it'll be just intense and then I'll stop. Because I've, I I want to just basically get one thing down. It's like baby steps. It, everything's in baby steps. Like, you know, if you're going to do... That's why one piece, you know, first take, bang. You set up the mic, you know, you really don't listen to the piece much. Or if you do, you, you, you leave enough space between listening to it and recording it so that it, it feels fresh. Maybe you've got a bit of familiarity with where it's going. yeah. Uh, and then off it goes, you know, because really music is about that that feeling, and you want to you want to capture that feeling. Yes. So, you know, um, yeah, it's just bursts. It's just bursts of of concentration. You know, I mean, it, it, there's exceptions to that. I mean, I spent two hours writing yesterday, so you know, that was that was pretty full on.
0: So it seems to be about no, know- as you said, knowing yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a quirky way of looking at things, and I'm probably <laughs> fairly, fairly ADD, you know. So, one of my, my, one of my ten-year-old kids said that asked me if I was ADD. To, oh <laughs> like a, it's pretty funny. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Um, and okay. and you you mentioned um, yoga. Yeah. I'm just moving the mic for a sec because I'm running back of the sure. Um, you mentioned that you sometimes would apply some of your principles of yoga
1: well, it's all about it's all about breathing. it's also all about um you know like the the thing is that it's easy to get tense too yeah, so it's being aware of where you're getting tense and trying to a lot of, uh, yoga's yoga's uh there's a couple of different concepts in yoga, one of them is breathing obviously, and that's something that's really handy meditation well. Meditation is very powerful. Playing music is very powerful as well, and it's a type of meditation. So that there's a parallel there. Yeah. But you know, like the other thing, and, and a and a um, a lady who was a physio, a music physio, said that you know, like a lot of the time, orchestral musicians are really actually managing uh, pain, you know, because they've been playing for so long, and they play and they play continuously, that they're managing pain that they've got from too much playing uh, repetitious injuries uh, underlying stress and you know poor posture and so you know as as a teacher and as a musician I'm always aware for example if I'm you know thundering up and trying to thunder up and down the piano like I'm not a good piano player but I do like practicing it and it uses a lot of my arm muscles, and I've had RSI before, so it's a matter of you know going up and down the piano and realizing that you're you know going berserk, but then uh, using yoga to try and stretch the muscles out. You know, yeah, it's like it's yoga's basically a, the, the the inner thing of yoga is is like a uh, using your own muscles in resistance. Against each other, to pull to to make them stronger and to get rid of stress. Yeah, it's. I know it's a hard it, it, it concept, but it's. There's there's so many so many things involved. Like for example, holding the bloody violin up. There's a trick to it, right? And that is that you don't actually hold it from the muscles. Like you know, you're holding the violin up. You've got your elbow, one elbow up at ninety degrees, and the other one up at you know parallel to your you know, to the ground. And the only way that you make, you stop getting pains is by using the undersides of your arms, the muscles, like your triceps, not your biceps. And development of your triceps um, is the the way to hold the violin, not development of your biceps. I know that's, I don't know whether you understand the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah. The, The biceps is obviously the ones on the front of your your body yeah. and the triceps yeah. are the ones underneath, you know. And yeah. they're the ones, the triceps are the ones that hold your hands up. Okay. And there's a real, like, the, the whole concept there is if you use your biceps, you're actually, you're contracting your muscles. Yeah. And if you're using your triceps, you're expanding your muscles. And that that goes all the way through the whole physicality of playing any instrument Is is learning how to use... Your muscles in expansion rather than contraction. And so it, it's pretty pretty deep and meaningful.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so is there anything these days that you feel like you struggle with in the music industry? Like just like just being a professional violin player. Oh,
1: just gigs, getting old.
0: <laughs> like in what respect?
1: Ah, oh, well, you know, there's people. Look, if I was twenty, it'd be a different. I'd you know people would treat
0: me differently. I think. Oh really? That's Oh yeah, of course. So you feel like you, they dismiss you at gigs, sometimes?
1: Oh no, 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 no. No, look. For example, look. One, of, you know, I, I, um, uh, a a very well known show uses uh, players that are between twenty three and twenty eight that have to be female.
0: Oh, I, oh, is that a TV thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: And you know, um, I won't. I won't. Name it, but it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And it's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I know that because I, yeah. I know I know the producers and that. I mean, you know, and also you know, you don't want an old, grey fart playing at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the old fart played well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, it's true. It's true. The younger ones get. It's always that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It sounds like I'm bitter about it. I. I just. It's a reality. You know.
0: But I mean, I um, mean, like those those young farts are going to get old too. So.
1: Of course, we all do. Look, you know, I've I've had my time of being the smart, you know, sexy-looking violin player. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's it's fine. It's you know, I I, I'm lucky to have enough capacity to to keep going, and you know, to to make it a a, a lifetime, uh, you know, pursuit. And, and is there anything it's, else? It's a wonderful that thing
0: that you find a struggle um, as a musician. <laughs> keeping together. Yeah.
1: You know. Actually, practicing, actually doing everything that has always been a struggle is is it's no easier. Yeah, it's yeah. no easier. You know. Um, I guess I guess one of the things. Look, one of the, the things to watch out for is is the, you know, like when you get when you reach the pinnacle, what you consider your pinnacle, you know, and and then so that the gigs are, are becoming less, you know, you you're getting, you're not getting the Standard of gigs, or the you know, like I mean, I, I played at the Lincoln Center once. You know, I mean, I was a soloist, you know, I wrote some music which was for the orchestra. You know, this is in New York. Um, you know, that's pretty full on, not many people have done that, yeah. Um, uh, so where's the next you know, big thing coming from? You know, and people get addicted to that, and it's fine, you know. And I've got mates that are, you know, uh are addicted to that and and probably won't get to that point again and and then there are people that are you know continuously doing amazing stuff oh so know, in other words and, what you're
0: saying there can be you can get addicted to the spectacle and the sensation of it rather yeah of rather course than music you can itself yeah
1: of course you can you it's not you can you do yeah i mean it's it's but, but i mean but know, i mean
0: it's pretty dangerous if you do because there's some there's so many sort of low grade gigs isn't there
1: Sure, and I mean you know there's there's also lots of lots of um, casualties along the way. You know, I mean there are there are a lot of musical casualties. Yeah. You know, really, you would not believe, and. Uh,
0: like, could you give me an example?
1: Oh well, I, I won't because you know
0: they may not consider. I don't it. mean a specific example, but do you mean do you mean someone who who takes up drugs or something or?
1: Well, yeah, alcoholism. Um, yeah, tons of alcoholism, uh, tons of depression, uh, tons of, of, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. And so
0: like basically using substance as a way to, um, sort of bring back the high of those high high sensations,
1: Or they've made a decision wallowing in their own. I mean, you know, it happens. The problem is that, you know, you're, you're out in front of an audience and, uh, it can be an awful thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, a adrenaline is the strongest drug known to man. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's the truth of the matter. You know, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know whether ice is stronger than adrenaline. But
0: so you said you're almost sixty. Like, like if you could go back and change anything, would you? Was there anything you'd, you'd do different, or like would you still pursue the same career as a violin player? Or... Oh
1: no, definitely pursue the same career. I probably wouldn't be as, as, um, as uh I don't know. I think I think I'm a bit I think I have been a bit socially inept from time to time. So, you know. I mean I don't know. I, I just Like
0: socially inept um as a music. Oh I
1: just being yeah, just being silly, you know, just screw pissing people off when I need needlessly as <laughs> you know
0: You piss people off. Well I have, yeah. I mean
1: not intentionally, it's just been, you know, I've just been full of life I guess.
0: I oh, like, but maybe um, a bit brash in your younger
1: day. Yeah, a bit you know, basically being a bit arrogant, a bit brash. Yeah, a bit arrogant. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess in a way, it's been also done a lot of stuff because I've been brash and arrogant, and people have, you know, um, I think it's it's cut both ways.
0: Yeah. You know. Okay, so I think I think
1: there's look. The thing is that I still think that there's a lot I can do. Yeah. I mean, I'm still looking to the future in a huge way. Um, you know, it, it, that's the thing is that there's no point looking back and going, I wish I could done that. (laughs) It's more a matter of, I wish I can do this, you know? yeah. I mean, there's a few things I really, really want to do, um, that I'd love to do, you know, but I'm getting, I'm getting this year out of the way, you know, because it's been a pretty tough year for me. Um, you know, my mum died earlier this year, so that was pretty hard for me. And you know, I, I haven't been totally underpressed by all of it. But yeah. um, and she was an art. She was also an artist, and very okay. similar to me. So, um, you know, I mean, it sort of changed a lot of things, and it's also probably bringing into focus. You know, it's all happening at the one point in my life where, you know, the society gives you the sort of the gold watch of the senior's card.
0: <laughs> oh, you mean it you makes know, you more aware of of your mortality.
1: Of your mortality, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. You know, I'm aware of my own mortality, but I mean, the other thing too is that, uh, you know, like it's it's a circle. It's it's just that, it, I, I as you probably from this conversation realize, uh, I'm a real believer in watching the way society works. Yeah, and you know, even when it it even to the point where you have to start being um, objective about your own point in the universe you know and that's uh that's probably what's been happening a bit so but there's a lot i want to do i mean i've got like i'm off to india okay for my 60th (laughs) i'm going to i'm going to a musical retreat with these these fifth generation indian classical musicians you know it's with some of the students from aim which is a big thing i mean yeah cool you know and and hopefully we'll go there every year and study you know some pretty full-on music you know
0: so, so, be interesting. so, I mean, I,
1: I, I'm going to go to France, you know, and play Irish music, you know, next year as well. So,
0: so with your mum dying, like, has there been any decisions or changes that you've made as a consequence of that and that reflection? No,
1: not really, no. no. No, I mean, not at all, actually. Uh, no, just... Um, it's just been tough because, you know, I miss her. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It, my life hasn't changed, I mean you know i mean i'm not driving around in a sports car <laughs> yeah yet yeah but no i just look i've, I've probably you know that the if there's been a, any uh change it's, i've been practicing more i think and and slowly getting back to a point that i was about 3 or 4 years ago you know which is you know starting up stuff again uh and and look you know uh, it's refocusing. I'm getting a bit more refocused. I, I, okay. you know, I'm surprised to say that actually, <laughs> but it's been a couple of years, so yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's interesting things to so do. So you, I've you felt some... like you
0: got distracted for a little while.
1: Oh yeah, definitely got distracted. Yeah, yeah, and it's easy to do. You know, the
0: other thing is that look, you
1: know, you don't want to spend your bloody life trying to control it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think some of the time the beauty about life is that it. It sometimes overwhelms you in good ways as well as bad ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah.
1: You know, um,
0: and and so what did you get distracted in? Why? Oh, no, no, no. Like, like what? What? Yeah. You know what do you mean? Well, well, you what said, did I get? Dist- you said you got distracted a little bit. Now you're refocusing.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'm just starting different projects again. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going. I'm trying to get back to Europe. Um, going to India uh i've got some i i've been told i need to do another cd for my record company um, cool you know i'm sort of starting to write a bit more it's it it's all sort of starting to come like you know when it's a bit like the you know you get this sort of nebula, sort of cloudy sort of thing and slowly you know things start to precipitate from that yeah um you know i'm always in always busy i'm always doing different you know there's 20 projects going you know in different guises you know floating in the ether um it's just whether i i I can you know pick up one of those projects and do it or whether i want to instigate some of my own
0: okay so people on this podcast have heard a little bit of your playing over my stuff yeah um so if they say wow i really like that um i want to hear more like how can i i know you, you do the fiddlers festival stuff like, like how, how can people contact you or or listen to uh, more of your stuff
1: well okay i mean i've got a website okay um it, it's www.fiddlersfestival.com and okay. slash marcus holden so but if you look up marcus holden on the net you know it you'll find me pretty quick okay there's a lot of stuff on youtube um you know there's a stat, i think there's a channel Somewhere and and you know I'm on Facebook. There's three different: Marcus, Peter, Holden, and the Fiddlers Feast. And I'm also starting up a fiddle group called the Southern Cross Fiddlers. So, you know, and I mean I'm on I'm I'm on everything.
0: Yeah. So you're on YouTube, did you say as well?
1: Yeah. There's some. There's a channel on YouTube. Yeah. Fiddlers Feast. And is that channel. your live stuff? So, yeah. It's recordings from you know up to 20 years ago. There's stuff that's been recorded. You know. Um. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's pretty, you know, slack and crappy, but some of it's, you know, great. Okay. Cool. Um, I mean, and they'll say, you know, there's film clips. I've been on, you know, a, a, a lot of, like I said, Jimmy Barnes's things and Mark Lazott's things, and um, you know, just jams. You just type in, type me in. I mean, there's some weird, weird and wonderful stuff, you know, like late night jams at the the National Folk Festival, you know, and and um, just you know, it's not hard to find me. Okay. But I mean, this—you know—I'm—all I'm, I am is—is, is, you know, like one of these fiddle players that just plays with, like you say, I've, you know, I, I like tone and sound, and you know, it's not—it's not entirely flashy. It's just—it's just what I like to play. You know? Yeah, I know oh, always...
0: you, you do a lot of flashy stuff. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: Oh, well, there's a lot of flashy players out there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thanks yeah. for coming on the podcast. Um, no worries, mate. Is, is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with? Uh, like, is there anything um, you'd like to, any parting advice or any, or anything you want parting to parting advice, uh, or, or, or or just yeah, or direct I su- them
1: to. I suppose, look, you know, music is a journey. It's not a profession. Um. That's the first thing. If you want to make it a profession, then you've got to treat it as a business. Yeah. If you treat it as a business, you've got to separate the money side of it from the artistic side. And you've also got to learn to be very lateral about the way in which you earn money, uh, which means, you know, a lot of very successful musicians have in- interesting sidelines.
0: Okay, right, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it's not just about playing the instrument, you know, it's, yeah, about, yeah. it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a, being an artist is a lifestyle. It's not a profession. Yeah, right. And I think, you know, it's important to remember
0: all that. Thanks for listening folks Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did Have a great day This is a Tall Tree Recording Studios podcast Oh yeah